Welcome to Fur What It's Worth. Y'all got some fucking problems. An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Are we doing this? And now, two fools who think the guy in all those Zelda games is named Zelda. Rue, do you have any rubbers? <laughs> this show is entrapment. Here are Rue and Tugs. This is that time where everyone can just turn off their podcasting app of choice. Good morning. Or good afternoon. How do you know when people or are listening? Or good evening. I don't know what time you're listening to the show, but if you are listening, we love you and you're amazing. How's it going, Tugs? It's good. You forgot the intros, I see. I know, <laughs> but it's season six, episode 20, and it is the final. That's it. After this, this season's over. Goodbye. It, it is. I did, did I even give it a clever name? I didn't. I just no. said the finale. Yes, this is the end of season six. Can you believe it? It actually took us a little longer. This was a long season. So the next season will be a little shorter, but we intend to fudge pack it full of good quality content. It'll be good. So what you're going to have to listen to is this whole entire episode to find out of whether or not the season seven is going to even happen. Yep. So what have you been up to? Me? Yeah. Me? I have been up to lots of changes at work. We have a brand new director and I've been having to train them on their brand new position and it's like downloading all the information all over again and it's it's very frustrating so it's been extremely stressful at work um that's part of the reason why we haven't been able to get this episode out um for such a long time is because of how stressful well and then also you're moving and stuff like that so how's the moving been going I am done with boxes, packing boxes. Like, okay, I like boxes. Boxes serve a very useful purpose in our society. That's not what I meant. But I have packed 52 boxes, and I'm so done. And and you still have to pack more, don't you? Um, Just just maybe two or three. Like, art boxes, TV boxes, specialty type boxes. Mm-hmm. Just but filling boxes and labeling them. And the thing about it, it's not so much the boxes are just like the physical representation of what I'm doing. It's the sorting stuff. So like, does this get thrown out? Does it go to Goodwill? Am I keeping it? What's the justification for keeping it? It takes time. And so it's like the kitchen took a week. My room took a week. The living room took a week. I've been packing forever. And, and you know, I was talking with my therapist about it. She's like, yeah, it takes about three months to feel like you're done moving. I'm like, oh my god, this is never going to end. I just, I'm so over it. But I am, ex- I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to be going up to Seattle. You know, like all furries do. You know, it has occurred to me that we didn't ever crack that joke when we announced that I was going up there. Which one? That all furries go to Seattle. All dogs go to heaven and all furries go to Seattle. <laughs> I, I know, yeah, jokes. Yeah, it's... It's exciting for me because I know a lot of people up there, and it's a lot of opportunities even for the show. We'll have a wider guest pool. You know, it's our second studio. There's a whole bunch of cool things that come with it. Although, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not going to miss the good things. I mean, I've moved around uh, the world before, but I was much younger. And there's, there are people I'll miss. There's certain conveniences, certain comforts. You know, you know the streets and stuff. And so I'm going to have to redo all that. And it's just, you know, you don't want to lose touch with the people that really matter. You have to hold on to the good people. And so it's, you know, once I get there and I'm settled, I'll have to make sure I've got all the connections in place, you know, to talk to people. So you get an opportunity to just reinvent yourself. Just go out there and just do something brand new. What's what's some of the things that you're thinking about um, changing about? I don't know, yourself, your day-to-day life, or um, well, do you want to be more active in the furry community, you know, at, you know, as far as 
you know, physically there, going to meets and stuff. What? what well, how to, how to say this delicately? Because I what I what I don't want to do is I'm not I'm not going after or implying anything about people who are in the local community today because I understand it's very different. When I was more local or more active in the local community. It, it fractured pretty hard. There was the traditional furry drama, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of checked out of the local community. I haven't really considered myself a Utah furry for years. And with Seattle, you know, I know a lot of furries up there. The community's good. It doesn't have some of that history. So I'm looking forward to connecting with that, going out and doing stuff where I'm not doing that here. So I, that will be a change. That'll be good. Um, I don't think I don't see it as a total reinvention, and it's something that me, me and the hubs have been talking about. You know, he for him it's his first big move, but for me I've moved around, so I have. You know, this isn't my first rodeo, and you you got to hold on to the good stuff. You know, you don't you don't let it go. I have family here, so it's not like I'm completely gone. It's just my day to day will change, and yeah, I just I hope my memory, my crappy crappy memory, uh, serves me well. I need to get ginkgo biloba or something, so that way I don't forget. You know, but it's memories, right? Like I've been telling people for years, take photos, take a photo every day because you'll forget something and go back through your photo archive. Like mine upload to Google, right? And I'll go back and go, oh yeah. And that's important stuff because then you hang out with your friends and all the in jokes can continue like the weird, obscure ones that, you know, aren't the main ones you always make that kind of stuff. Well, all I can say is you are going to be so missed here. You are. By the three people who I hang out with. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, But we'll still miss you, so... Well, you'll have to kill me in Splatoon, won't you? Yep. Lots and lots of killing. That's the other thing that I've been up to. Oh, my gosh. Splatoon is so amazing. It's so fun. If you don't... If you have a Switch and you're thinking of whether or not that you should get Splatoon, get it. It's awesome. My brother is a diehard Zelda fan. He picked up a Switch last week. He got Zelda, and I was like, did you get Splatoon? He's like, no, you know, college student. I'm like, oh, you. So I, I, I hooked him up with Splatoon. Uh, I used some of my perks and stuff that I have through various places. And he and he messaged me today, and he's like, I don't know what's more fun, Zelda or Splatoon. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's saying something. Splatoon is not, is, is, it has more flaws than Zelda, I'd say. It's still fun, though, you know? It's kind of like, the I think it's the Mario Kart 64 of the Switch. Because everyone played Mario Kart through the whole life of the 64, right? Like, it was just the game. Pretty much. And Goldeneye. This is one of those games that'll have legs through the whole life of the Switch. But by the time they're done doing Splatfest in two years, they'll be on Splatoon 3 with real real improvements and changes. Well, I mean, how do you feel like that it's changed between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2? I mean, you you really had, didn't play Splatoon 1, did you? I did. I did. I didn't get into the Splatfest thing. It's, it's basically Splatoon 1 with just enough changes to justify it being different. It, I, being a developer, I can see why some changes weren't made. It probably was just not worth the investment of debugging stuff. Because, you know, you make a little change, you have to re-debug re the whole thing. So they made some changes to make it different. I would say Splatoon 3 will probably be a lot different. In a good way. Like, Inkopolis won't be this weird, starchy place with walls and stuff that look cool, but you can't actually do anything with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a there's a lot that is not going on. <laughs> right. You you can tell there's parts of it that are missing. Although I do love it when they change it for Splatfest. Then it like actually looks like that 
something is going on. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking way too much about this. So. I know. You know what I just realized? I don't even have the damn soundboard up. That's how awesome this is going. <laughs> That's okay. Should we just, you know, I don't know. Just Are, say, yay, I'm going to eat a cookie. Here we go. No, I can, I can grab it. <laughs> I, I am, I'm good. You're just going to hear all these beeps and boops while the soundboard loads up. I, you know what would be cool? Mm-hmm. It's if the soundboard went, do, 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 like Jeopardy. Wouldn't and then we great? get Alex Trebek on. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, here it is. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. Today's fortune is, if you can't be with the one you love, kidnap the one you love in bed with a cookie. How do you kidnap someone in bed? Well, you tie them up. It's a BDSM reference. No. Yes, you can kidnap them. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is that Family Guy episode where it's like, did you like playing Mysterious Intruder Lois? My name's not Lois. Mine is. Oh, my God. So this episode has had lots of ups and it's had lots of downs. This it's episode? had some amazing oh season has <laughs> had some amazing moments and has had some weird moments, but all of them are moments that happened this season and that just didn't make any sense. No, but. it worked great. In fact, you could have just like ended, but you didn't. <laughs> uh, and then I just like train track. You, you know what this reminds me of in a way? When I so you know how you binge watch shows on Netflix or whatever, right? Yes, I do. You ever notice, like, especially when the show's newer and, like, the first couple seasons, they do one of those crappy-ass clip shows where they're just, like, they have some dumb frame to, like, just play old clips from previous episodes. You're like, come on, spend some money and give me new content. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I know, and that's what we do. (laughs) No, because... You know, I, I've been back and forth on that as I've been doing this. Actually, I do it every time, and I just don't. I don't know if I really ever bring it up. I don't really see this as a clip show. It's just, you know, it's it's a nice way to to demarcate. We're going to a new season, and but we talk about it. It's not. It's not like those crappy TV shows where like, do you remember that one time that I got bacteria in my pee hole, and then it like shows a medical scene. <laughs> And and then it comes back like oh yeah that was that was weird and then they just go to the next thing we spend time talking about it so this is not a clip show this is just a good clip show so <laughs> so speaking of clips beyond reading occasional message board posts and seeing logos on websites. I didn't actually see a lot of it in person, but it was very prevalent. Um, I I would go and look at somebody's uh, art page and they would say, I'm aligned with uh, the frozen furs or the freezing furs, or I'm aligned, or, you know, I believe in the burned furs or whatever. They have these little logos. Um, And that, that kind of bugged me a bit because we, we couldn't agree, and it was kind of the beginning of my disillusionment with the furry community, because here we are, 
we're a group of folks that have that are fans of anthropomorphics in whatever form they take, be it a fursuit, be it artwork, be it writing, be it whatever, video games, uh, collectible card games, it didn't really matter. We were fans of, of that, that anthropomorphic art style, if you will, and we couldn't agree to get along together uh, over the fact that we need to keep private stuff private. This one time, I was at church. At band camp? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was sitting there drawing, and a friend of mine, uh, who wasn't a friend of mine at the time, but uh, quickly became a friend, uh, named Rue, uh, came up to me and said, I like the characters you're drawing, and I know a bunch of people who are into stuff like that. Would you like to come out to a meet? And that was how I ended up going to a fur meet for the first time. <laughs> Furry in itself was part of the reason why I turned furry is because I could handle that more than my own homosexuality. Uh, myself, you know, I'm married now um, to, a, to a wonderful man. But that was, you know, that, that was definitely part of the reason why I got into furry and honestly into furry porn. Um, because looking at pictures of naked men that was weird and felt wrong but looking at a naked Tony the Tiger that was hot <laughs> let's face it everything in the furry fandom is self created you know what I mean we're not we're not following something that was created and then we like it it's we like it so we created it yeah. even as you said, even when inspired from other things, like uh, at BLFC this year, I saw a couple of uh, uh, Lombax fursuiters, but they were obviously their own Lombaxes here. <laughs> they, they weren't being ratchet. They were being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, their own character. That's just it. We can, you know, we, we take inspiration from other things, but, you know, most of the stuff that's made in the fandom is unique. People make it their own. You personalize it to your own, you know, what you like and what you're into. Even if it, even if it is inspired by something else, everything we make is unique. So those two episodes came from I'm on Fire, Burn Furries. That was with Sophie. And then I'm in How You Got Into the Fandom, and that was with Click, 10X, and Quinn. I took that episode off. Yeah, you weren't there, were you? No, it's okay. I don't have to be in every episode. <sighs> yeah, it's all right. I wasn't in the last one. <laughs> I, I was I was really excited when we did the Burn Furries episode, and I remember talking about it because it was like, I found one. I found someone who knows Burn Furries, which were this thing of myth, and I'm glad we got to actually spend some time documenting it. It was a, a really good introduction to the season. It was a really good start episode. Oh, yeah. And well, Sophie still gives me a hard time about it, you know, <laughs> to this day. I mean, I still talk to her because I, I would not be talking to her now if we hadn't done that episode. And I'm glad because every now and then she'll be like, oh, man, I remember this thing on the fandom. And I'll be like, tell me more. So I would I have to say that the, the episode that had click... Tanex and Quinn in it. That was a very dynamic, dynamic um, episode. It it definitely hit home to me as far as you know being able to 
to hear people's stories about how they got into the fandom and why this, why it makes this fandom so interesting, so intriguing, so amazing, and um, and why people are proud to be a part of it. So I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah, he's very, very closed in talking about his, you know, his, his sexual bits. side of things, but. <laughs> Yeah. So what else do we have, Mr. Tugs? We will move forward to episode three. Episode three was about Pokesonas. What's one thing you, I mean, did you want to tell everybody about Pokesonas? They're all a wonderful thing. Really? <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's 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 break the, the the cadence of the show here for for a good reason, and that is, how <laughs> nervous are you right now? I'm quite nervous. Why? I don't know. We're just talking about your pokeballs. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> and and the things that you, you do. just wanted to make that joke, didn't you? Yeah, I did. In bed with a cookie. Oh my god. I just Googled for fortune cookies, mm -hmm. and apparently the Cards Against Humanity team is now making fortune cookies. Really? Yeah. Okay, we need to get those. It says, here's a here's a sample. It says, you will probably die of a heart attack or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're called the OK Cookie Company. The OK Cookie Company? You we will need die to... at an Arby's in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> we need to buy those. <laughs> Your wildest dreams will come true, assuming those dreams are about the extinction of honeybees. Before we get to the fun stuff of the show, which is really the part everyone is, is stuck it out of here with us still, I just need to ask Chu, now that we have him here and on the spot, what he thought about. Hello and welcome. This is Chu from the Dominican Republic, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. I just need to know what you think about that. Yup, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel smart when I told you what you'd done? I when you told me exactly what because you were dead you were like all over the place and I still didn't understand what you were talking about because for me I just pressed the record button I said what I said and then I just mailed it to you I didn't even click play or anything once you started like telling me all these things is when I decided to actually click play on what I sent you and I was like oh is that I your, see is that your Pokesona's voice <coughs> no oh I think that was the static of my Pokesona going through the mic. I'm thinking of changing my furry name when I change my fursona design because I like to be kind of anonymous online. Plus, Addy is really mundane sounding compared to something like Tugs, and especially names like Smokescale Aquotus. Aquatus. Or Aquatus. <laughs> Sorry, Smokescale. We love you anyway. Oh. <laughs> you typoed your name. Okay, that's Okay, that's why. Anyways, this email is getting kind of long, so I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys for making my months a little more furry. Addy. Sounds like he needs to change the month's calendar out. It's growing mold. <laughs> so what are your thoughts, Icarus? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I can kind of see, like, the changing the name with the fursona, because, you know, I've done that a lot. You have. Um, and, you know, that's actually the reason why I changed names so many times is because I kind of changed the design. I mean, I never really had a ref sheet for most of these, so.
jokes. I, I, I couldn't stop laughing through that whole entire thing. <laughs> Why? Well, especially choose like sped up like um, eye dent. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I almost want that to be like my my messenger like ringtone or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give that away. Although I did have to go dig that up. Uh, I I have a I have an audio archive. I just had to dig it up. <laughs> It was good, and then we did the the name episode where we did the the real name versus legal name, and we had Icarus on. He was he was really good. He was he was really quiet, I think, a little bit, but so well spoken, and he had so many reasons for changing his name, and I just I found it so insightful, you know. I mean, with Icarus, he has changed his name at least at least ten times right. as I as I have known him, and so that's why. He was perfect for that particular episode. So. Yeah. so we also want to start mixing in some of our mailbag. We have a backlog from our mailbag. So before we go to the next episodes, I'll read the first one. Okay. Actually, no, I'm going to let you read the first one because it's short. Okay. Yeah. By I the way, do that by you. the way, can I tell you a joke before you you read this? Sure. Did you do you know what you you do if life gives you melons? Huh? If life gives you melons, what do you do? Um, you give me- um, lemonade. Melons. I I don't know. No, you, you then you might be dyslexic. All right, go ahead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're terrible. Terrible person. Okay, this is from TJ. And he says, Hi, everybody. I hope everything is going well. I've noticed that it's been one year since we heard of Rue's tumor. Um, I hope to watch. I, I hope the watchful monitoring is going well. Hugs, TJ. So, um, TG. TG, sorry. How is your tumor, Rue? Tell everybody your tumors update. You're not listening to a clip part, anybody. This is the real part of the episode. Yes, this is me. Hi, everybody. First of all, I, I wonder if my voice has changed any. No, over time. Uh, because has... you you've been editing my um, editing the show. Have you heard my voice change any? Mm, it's it has a slightly deeper. Uh, tone to it but like your, the pitch of your voice hasn't it's kind of like when you know how like when you listen to music or something on like really really shitty speakers or headphones and then like you get like the bows and like as like that full sound where you can hear the lower frequencies you have more of those lower frequencies in your voice but that doesn't mean your pitch has changed oh, okay yeah okay what, what well else? so this is what what's happened i went and saw the en- endocrinologist ah the, can't speak today the time doctor or the hormone doctor uh the hormone doctor endocrinologist not yes. endocrinologist oh my gosh <laughs> so anyways i went and saw her yes the the asian the one yeah the kitsune <laughs> what you were saying earlier but um she basically would like me to do um an mri again um, in fact, I was actually supposed to get it done um, this week, um, but um, after talking to my doctor, um, we have decided because all my tests um, have shown that there aren't any that, that that there isn't any growth, that nothing is changing. So um, we've decided to wait until the beginning of of next year. What? I already have my appointment set up that for it. Okay, so that first one where I was like, they're not doing shit to you was like almost a year ago. Yep. And we're still going to do more waiting. Well, we're going to wait. Now we've waited so we can start waiting again. So where I have chosen to wait and the reason for it is for costs. Because if all of a sudden I need to get it removed, 
I need to be able to have the funds in order to be able to do that. Okay, so is is removal now become a possibility? Like before, they weren't going to, but now they might because it's it's close to your optical nerve and stuff, right? Well, if it shows that it's growing, then yes, it has to be removed. They don't do chemo for that. Is it a surgery? It's a surgery. That's how it's it's actually more of a standard p- procedure than um than some things. Oh, okay. Speaking of surgery, although this is a terrible segue, we apologize. You know, we should we should just briefly mention Patch in his current situation. Who Patch was on our first video games on the fandom episode. So why don't you go ahead and and tell everybody what happened? All right. So Patch has been in a really bad spot of luck. Not making a joke. Where you know his mom, she was held up and her car was was taken. And he was like, well, I'm going to school. I'll, I'll lend you my car, mom. I mean, like a, like a good kid, right? And they were going to, they were in the process of going to the DMV. They were driving there. And someone apparently was driving and decided to get into a, uh, one of those stoplight street races, you know, where you get two people with small dicks that are like, my car is faster than your car. And took off, and this guy lost control of his car, went over the median, and head-on collided with Patch and his mom, unfortunately killing his mom. And Patch is in the hospital with two legs that are broken, or casted at least. Um, he has damage to the bottom of his spinal cord, his tailbone. And, you know, he's got a lot of psychological wounds on top of that now. And I've been talking to him. He's doing okay. Um, he's said hello to people in the chat, but he's still in the hospital as of the, the time that we're recording. And he's probably not going to make it to school, obviously, at this point. So a lot of his plans are now derailed. He can't walk right now, for instance. He can't sit in a wheelchair. He can't adjust his pelvis whatsoever. So, like, you know, you know how you get the your butt wants to move? He can't do that. And it's just, it's terrible that this has happened to him. Just terrible. And I have to say, the furry community has been so heartwarming and come together. I'm going to let Rue explain that part. So um, there's a patron, or not a patron, sorry, uh, sponsor me. GoFundMe. Um, a GoFundMe that has been opened up in his name. Um, do you have the link for that? We might as well state it. Uh, while you, will you talk about that? I'll grab the link. Okay. Um, and we've, we've raised, uh, as of this moment, around... Um, Six thousand was that six thousand one hundred ten. It's at gofundme.com slash fund dash for dash patch. One thing is that if you don't have a US based card and you want to donate, uh, it won't accept your card, but you can work with people. Um, I'm sure you have friends in the US, they can they can make the arrangements for you, I'm sure. You know, PayPal, whatever. Definitely, definitely. Um and you know, it's just great to see how the community has really reached out to to patch and to Fox Lord, I mean, to patch and help him out. Um, I did ask him to, um, if there was anything that he'd like to say, you know, out to the furry fandom. And before you read that, let me just explain that the $6,000 came within three days. Within 72 hours, he's, they've raised $6,000 for him. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, and the, and the comments are incredible. You know, like, oh, you're you're a fur you're in the furry family. I don't know you personally, but here's some here's a donation. Like how amazing is that? So anyway, so he's been he's uh we asked him to comment, Rue. Uh yeah, and he just wanted to to say, everyone, thank you so much for everything. Your support, generosity, kindness. I really I just really don't know what to say except thank you and I love you all. So 
he's still going through a lot of struggles. I mean, he's he's still in the hospital, still trying to recover. Um, he's going to go through a second surgery on his leg. Um, and Brutal. And basically, they're just trying to get him to the point where he can get into a wheelchair and be able to, to move around. And, and then after that, they're... You know, there's the funeral that he needs to attend and go to his, go help it. Say goodbye to his mom. Say goodbye to his mom. And that's just, and then everything else that he's going to have to go to, go through, you know, suing this guy, you know, getting what he needs. It's going to be, be difficult for him. So if you have any, um, thing to spare or would like to donate, please feel free to, to reach out to our friend here. Yep, gofundme.com slash fund dash for dash patch. You know, he's he's a good friend. He's been on the show. He's a personal friend, and no one should have to go through this. And I would just ask everyone, you know, we all get in a hurry, and we're frustrated when we're going somewhere, you know, and we just we put on that little bit of extra speed because we're late, we're late. We can't be late. Even 30 seconds matters. The truth of it is, if you stop and think about it, that 30 seconds probably doesn't really matter. It's okay you know, don't don't cut somebody up because you never know when you'll wind up accidentally creating a situation like this. I'd like to think the guy who caused the situation didn't mean to. You know, I'm mad at the guy for sure. I think a lot of people are. At the same time, let's not contribute willingly to the problem. If you're late, you're late already. 30 seconds won't make a difference. You're not running nuclear tests, I promise. I mean, okay, maybe one of you is, but the rest of you aren't. So, uh, Well, and definitely no speed racing. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. Let's, let's not... We, we all know that you have a dick. You know, you don't need to like show the world how small it is. You just yeah. don't. Or how big your vagina is. I don't know if a big or small vagina is, but uh, whatever the bad <laughs> one is. So, okay. Let's move back on to happy things, Rue. A blockbuster favorite moment starts now. Besides money, this is the next one we have on here. I like my, my people I, I'm going to be spending very close time with in bed. Like, not just doing them, necessarily, but, like, I want to roll over in the night and not get a whiff of ass. Like, it's important not to, you know? I can't know? even talk about this. Like, have you ever rolled over in bed? like, and they're just like... It's horror stories. Oh, God. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go sleep on the floor. Um, like, I'm like, you regulated I'm going to go sleep EPA? in the shower with the water on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, it's true. Um, I, I think showering, at least at a con, from what I know, especially if you're first sitting, you should be showering twice a day, not just once. Like, once is like the bare minimum. And, you know, it's like deodorant is pretty cheap. And, like, don't, like, cover your stench with cologne. And cologne doesn't oh. age like wine, you know. Throw it away. You no, know, and you don't age like wine, <laughs> right? You, you get ripe right. with age, Please. but not the good ripe. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't leave a force field in places that you go where it lingers for thirty minutes. Like, yeah. If you don't, okay. If you're going to a con to make friends, like I mean, that's really the whole idea. You go to a con, have a great time, create great memories, make friends, and have a great experience. If if you're not going to a con for those reasons, I. You're going to be disappointed. Expect to definitely be disappointed because if you're going to go and you smell awful, people are going to repel you. Like, they're going to be like, oh, that's nice. And then just make any excuse in the book to go do something else. Like, calling up a friend and going, hey, can I get a character reference on someone? Like, when I was really young, that was like offensive. Like, 
how dare you not try? But that's like, no, now I just need to know that like this guy is not like an asshat, you know? And I need to know someone who knows. Steal person. your kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to know that I'm not going to like wake up in the night with them breathing heavily right above my face or something. Watching you, know? you sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, it's kind of important. He's going to borrow everything. See, no, but the truth is I would probably wear like a Burger King mask, like the king. <laughs> Stand up or someone. <laughs> just, except for you would be able to hold the face. You'd just start laughing uncontrollably. No. You no. would. No, no, no. no. Right. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it's just that the trust thing is so important. It is. It's, it's so really important. the fundamental element to really making a great convention um, is being able to trust your roommates because then really what happens is your room kind of becomes that safe place. So if something goes wrong, you're stressed, you're not feeling good, uh, whatever it is, you have a place you can go back to and it's, you know, then you, maybe you can take an hour or two and then you're good to go again. So I'm sitting there in the room, relaxing. We, we were kind of just chilling out in the room and suddenly I see somebody come running out of our bathroom there. And I got a little bit suspicious and I went and looked over there and sure enough, my pants were missing. And the, the, the bastards, unfortunately, I had my wallet in my Kigo. They didn't get my wallet. But they got my damn car keys, and I'll tell you, modern car keys with those stupid dongles and the and the, and the chips in them. Three those things, five. I don't know if they make them out of Elvis's own pubic hair or what, but that that cost me like three four hundred dollars to replace a set of friggin' car keys. And so I've been pissed off about it ever since. The bastards stole my goddamn pants. I think you I'll never to... forgive them. If I find out who it is, I'm going to cut their balls off. Rue was standing by the base of the stairs, holding a finger to his muzzle, telling his friend to be quiet. Mule was glaring at him as he approached. Easy for you to say with your padded feet. You don't have hooves, Caleb grunted indignantly. We can argue about feet later, Rue hissed, and folded his ears at the sound of something breaking coming from the ceiling above. There was also the faint shout of pain. Fox started up the staircase. His friend followed behind. They slowly peeked over the edge of the floor. Up here was another level of mostly floor with debris strewn about. There did not seem to be anyone here either. K-Dub nudged the fox silently. Stepping back from the window, Rue notices a small piece of paper. He picked it up and examined it. It was the shape of a ticket, but the letters were scrambled so that it didn't say anything that made sense. Pocketing it so that he could examine it later, he went over to the door at the end of the car. Just as he reached out and touched the knob, he felt a sudden chill and the hairs on the back of his neck began to prickle. Then came a soft knock, knock, knock. Something was behind the door and it wasn't anything good. He took a step back, and then another. Yet the chill persisted, and it wasn't just him. The train car was getting colder. <laughs> I didn't fade the end of that. That's okay. And now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> the Halloween episode. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea how excited I was about the Halloween episode with having all everybody helping out. We had um, so many people. We had Blue, um, Christian Colley, um, Sky, 
Skylos, um, Tanex, Barnaby, Rally, Buck, uh, Buck Rally, <laughs> um, Ranji, Zuka, um, Sophie came back. Sophie, Diamonda, Miski, Mafalme. We had everybody. It was awesome. You know, I have to say, foleying those those stories is so damn hard. Like, I understand a little bit of the pain that foley artists have now. You know, those people that have to make sound effects. Uh-huh. Like finding sound effects, like I can pay for them, but you know, our Patreon money is better used for other things or I have to make them myself or I have to find someone who's giving them away for free that, you know, we just, you know, there's, uh, there's copyright stuff with that too. And foleying those stories is tough, but they sound really good at the end. I'm, 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 I'm patting myself on the back un- unwittingly, but you know what I'm saying? You know what, Tux? You, you, you get the solo clap. For that episode, <laughs> let me tell you. One clap molecule. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, two, two. Oh, oh double clap. <laughs> the maximum clap. <laughs> but then we also had Lyric that helped out with um, uh, You Did What in the Parlor, parlor which was Conry roommate horror stories. Why well, I cannot read today. That's okay. But it's so great that um, you were able to have Lyric on the show and talk about... Um, con roommates i just i what i really i i loved that episode and he was like you know he's not you he's really not he he was a good guest host and you know it, it show felt different but you know what the thing about it is it came out well and more importantly i got to fucking record scritch's pants story and he's never told it since <laughs> <laughs> he's i think he felt really happy that he finally got to tell the world about his pants which is great. And you know what's funny is I, I mentioned in that episode, but I think it was the year that uh, I got into Penthouse Magazine. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned that story. Actually, I, look, I think a couple times on the show. Yeah, and I, I had to look it up recently. Um, I was talking to the party maven of the year, Boson, and he was like, oh, I didn't know. He had not known until like a month and a half ago that he was that he got into Penthouse, too. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm in Penthouse. Except he was mad that they called him a wee munchkin of a man. <laughs> so, hey, Tugs, we mm-hmm. have another email. Do you want to read one? Yes, from Simone. And it is Simone, by the way. I'm just, I'm, I didn't get corrected, so it's Simone now. It says, cast up for what it's worth. I am Simone Parker, a red fox, fox emoji from China. The one who recently asked if I can post you for what it's worth presents for psychology with Nuka to China. Due to the great Chinese firewall, the mainland in China has no access to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and even for what it's worth.com. I need to use VPN to watch YouTube. However, for those who don't have a VPN, they may rely on local sites like Yoku and Bilibili. I'm planning to post this video, blah, 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 and I'll link back to your YouTube. It's nice of you to provide Chinese subtitles. Videos with Chinese subtitles usually attract more people to watch. It's important to let people know what furry is all about, right? I heard about Furry shortly after I became a fan of Alvin and the Chipmunks five years ago, and I still love it. I started to recognize, recognize myself as one while waiting for Zootopia. But not until this year did I try to explore the fandom. Thanks to iTunes, I found you guys in June. I love your show, and I'm trying to recommend it to my friends. Maybe they aren't furries, but they want to practice English listening anyway. Thank you for telling me so much about the fandom. I've learned a lot from your show. I love your show. I love your voices. Here's some cookies in the traditional Chinese style for Rue Fox Emoji. I guess this is not a mail for the pull the zipper down section. I'll write that one someday. I like that he calls it the pull the zipper down section. P.S. This is the first time I write to foreigners. Excited. P.P.S. I'm a boy. I know my name is quite confusing. Simone Parker, who's looking forward to your next episode. Yay! That was a great email. Thank you for sending that. And especially with the picture with the cookie. 
Ah, <laughs> so good. I want to go to China one day, but if I do, I'm going to get a different phone. I'd like to see it, though. I want to go to the, um, Shanghai Disneyland. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Although the big reason to go is kind of been made less of a reason to go. The Tron roller coaster is coming to, is coming to Magic Kingdom. So it's like, oh, well, I guess I can wait. But apparently the Pirates there is really good. Yeah. Well, it's brand new. So they have all like updated technology. And Disney nowadays just needs to really update, you know, the some US of their parks. stuff. Yeah. Hong Kong is pretty cool. I want to go to Hong Kong and I want to go to China. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we got those Chinese subtitles made. Because, yeah, that, that video's gone you know, reasonably big for what it is in China and, and Nuka's food break. So we're going to go to Space News and a little bit more, and we will be back. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, August 16th, here are your space headlines. Anyone who's familiar with LIGO, the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, might be a little excited about this. The ESA-NASA solar probe SOHO has detected gravitational waves coming from the Sun. The readings suggest that the Sun's core is spinning four times faster than the surface. What's interesting is they're measuring something called helioseismology, starquakes, similar to how seismology works here on Earth. It measures motion within the star similar to motion within the Earth during an earthquake but can also detect fluctuations in gravity. Seeing how these two are related will help us improve our models for solar weather. Pluto's visitor, New Horizons, is getting closer to its next target, and it looks like it might be a pair of them. When it makes its flyby on January 1st, 2019, the probe will make a close pass of Kuiper Belt Object 2014 MU69. Since this is where it's headed, astronomers have decided to point telescopes at it to see if they can learn more about it beforehand. Turns out, we can learn a lot from these observations. As telescopes watched, the object occluded, or passed in front of, a distant star, giving us a chance to have a guess at its shape and size through direct observation. What we've learned is it could be an oblong-shaped body, or two bodies locked in a binary system. We've still got a while before New Horizons arrives, so you can bet astronomers will be keeping watch. And they'll think of a better name than 2014 MU69. Arguably the most amazing planetary explorer in the solar system, Cassini, is now in its final month. On September 15th, she'll dive into Saturn's atmosphere, keeping her dish pointed at Earth for as long as possible to transmit whatever she can. There, she'll thermalize and break up, ending her incredible journey. Controllers are doing this because she's almost out of fuel, and without fuel, they can't adjust her course. And they don't want her crashing into a moon of Saturn that might harbor life, like Titan. In fact, during these last few passes, Cassini discovered certain compounds in Titan's atmosphere that could give rise to organic life. It has to do with the composition of the upper atmosphere and how it interacts with radiation from the sun, producing compounds we didn't expect to find in abundance. Scientists have long thought of Titan as a good example of what a very early Earth was like before the buildup of oxygen, so it's exciting to see findings like this. Cassini continues to amaze and surprise, even as she reaches the end of her life. SpaceX is at it again. On Monday, August 14th, the new Block 4 Falcon 9 launched a Dragon to the ISS on CRS-12, the heaviest Dragon to date. The Block 4 is a transition model between the, quote, full thrust Block 3 and the upcoming Block 5, which boasts uprated thrust and improved lander legs, 
which will be considered the final version of the booster. It carried more than two tons of cargo and was the final newly built Dragon capsule. All Dragon 1 flights in the future will use refurbished capsules. The first stage landed beautifully back at Landing Zone 1 on the Space Coast, making the 14th successful landing, and the 10th successful landing attempt in a row. They're getting really good at this. So good, in fact, that SES has agreed to use another flight-proven booster, making the third reflight SpaceX has seen. Look for it at the end of September, provided nothing slips. Japan's having a slightly difficult time with their latest H-2A rocket. First, weather delayed the launch, then just two hours before launch on their next attempt, a hold was called and the launch ended up scrubbed. Reports are coming in saying that the problem is in the propulsion system. Specifically, they think it might be a leak in the helium pressurization system. You need helium to pressurize your liquid fuel rockets so that there is a constant stream of oxidizer and propellant. Otherwise, it cycles between higher and lower thrust, creating a pogo-like effect. The early versions of the Saturn V had this problem, then NASA included a pressurization system. If there is in fact a leak, that could result in too much pressure inside one of the tanks, then you get an issue like what happened with SpaceX's CRS-7, which failed around the time it reached maximum dynamic pressure. One of the pressurization tanks broke free, rattled around, then ruptured. Very shortly after that, the upper stage just kind of exploded. Japan doesn't want to see that happen, so they're looking at fixing this situation before it can be a serious threat. No word has been given about when the next launch attempt will be. That's all this time. For more on space and space-related matters, check out the social media for all the agencies and companies mentioned. And don't forget to check out my long-form podcast, Committed to Launch, at CommittedToLaunch.com, and at LaunchCommit on Twitter. If you've got a question about space, send it on in. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans. Hello, my name is Valentine, and I'm not wearing a shirt right now. <coughs> I mean, um, you're listening to For What It's Worth. Alright, this is Fifty Sheds of Grey, the furry edition. I promised in the last one that this was going to be the I'm putting the condom on section. And he's now taking my iPad away from me. So now I can't read the he's putting the condom on section. There we go. I promised the listeners. Alright? I got it. These people paid five bucks in order to listen to this podcast. Alright? Shit. You know, all I saw of this is a bottle of gin that I bought and a cactus. So, you know, I don't think I'm making out very well in this deal here. Season three, we got to renegotiate these rates, all right? That's all there is. There better be a whole bunch of envelopes with five bucks in them before I do this. I'm just saying. All right, 50 sheds. Here we go. That's it. We're doing this. Seriously, condom section. Nothing sexier than safe sex with someone who doesn't understand how a fucking condom works. Anna, stop. I don't want to come. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hot. I sit up blinking at him, and I'm panting like him, but confused. I thought I was in charge. My inner goddess looks like someone snatched her ice cream. Wow. That's how much this author actually thinks of this person, too. She's still like, yay, I'm a goddess. I have ice cream. No. 
Your innocence and enthusiasm is very disarming, he gasps. Ga well, he gapes. Maybe she's on bottom. Maybe they're making bacon. I'm not sure. Here we go. You under the grill? That's what we need to do. Oh, here, put this on. He hands me a foil packet. All right, here we go. This is the condom scene. Where you prepared for this. The next line is in italics, which emphasizes just how important it is. This is so important, I'm gonna to try to sober myself up by drinking water. Ah, yeah, that didn't work. Okay, are you ready? Are you sitting? Are you pulled over to the side of the road? I take no responsibility for any car or bus accidents that happen because of the reading of this line. In italics, so you know it's Italian. Holy crap, how? We've gone, how many pages are we on now at this point? This is page 187. He's boned her six ways to Sunday and is now just putting on a condom for the first time and she doesn't know how to fucking use it. This woman has had a dick in every orifice, all right? Except her nose, and even that's been fingered and blown, all right? And she doesn't know how to use a condom. Women, if this is sexy to you, you need to stop right now, all right? Put the book down. Put the podcast down. Walk out into the middle of the street. Anywhere. I don't care. Just look for a bus, okay? Just walk in front of it. This is... Whoa. Stop. That's not sexy at all, all right? Neither is this. This is ridiculous. He's now on page 187 explaining how to put a condom on. I rip the packet open, and the rubbery condom is all tacky in my fingers. I take back everything I just said about women thinking that this is sexy, and I'm now putting this entirely on the author. I don't think the author's actually ever opened up a condom before in their life. It's quite possible. Research would be a use. Okay, it's called CVS. All right, you walk in. You go to the back. That's where the, the pharmacist is. And you go up there wearing your... You, you have your, your mustache with the little curls on it there and your top hat. And you say to the pharmacist, My good man, I should like to purchase a condom. The pharmacist will look at you like the fuck's wrong with you, man? They're in aisle three over there, right? They come in boxes of 60. Family, the anti-family planning pack. <laughs> okay, the explanation comes now. It's tacky in my fingers. Remember, that's where we ended. Pinch the top, then roll it down. You don't want any air in the end of that sucker he pants. And explaining everything that I have wrong with this scene, the next line is, Christ, you're killing me here, Anastasia. <laughs> I admire my handiwork. He is a fine specimen of a man. <laughs> Thank you for playing page 187 of the fucking Fifty Sheds of Grey.
Well, thank you, Vlad, for that wonderful ident. And welcome back. We are going to continue to examine different special moments from this particular season. But so. before we do, it's time for the thing that we always do. And you know what's funny about it is <laughs> I'm so used to looking for an icon and I don't have my, my little mini board. I got to do it manually. <laughs> Today's episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by us selling out. Thank you, us. <laughs> no, no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we do want to thank everyone who feels that this show is worth their hard-earned money, because money you genuinely gotta think about before you give up, hopefully. So, our first and Uber sponsor is Fido. Fido, we got a present coming your way. Thanks for sponsoring us. We love you, Fido. Thank you for helping our show exist. The second person who we have sold out to is not only one mean Splatoon player, but he's also a taco. That is right. The Doritos Locos Taco from Taco Bell. Now available in Supreme format. Try it today. (laughs) It's Dokos. What a great guy. Thank you, Dokos. There are other people who support a Patreon, but they didn't pay enough to get their names read, so we won't. But thank you anyways. Yes. Without you, the episode would have gone offline last month, but guess what? We were able to pay our hosting bill. Yay! Yay! And we've been using our funds to also create our new studio. Yes. Well, sort of. (laughs) I'm taking some of this studio, and Rue's getting new parts for the studio. Yay! (laughs) I know! Because we've learned actually what makes a good podcast is good equipment. So, thank so, you, everyone. Yes, thank you for supporting us and sponsoring us. If you want to donate, go to patreon.com slash fwiw. And to all of you who wanted the fwiw extension on Patreon, screw off. We got it first. That's all. Yay! So, next we have Rubens over and takes it! Like? Like a fox! And that's um, role-playing in the fandom with Hey Rider. Um, yeah, so I have updates on Koru. So this is sort of not my stuff anymore. Uh, so, uh, as you know, we did the special release. Um, and that was literally less than 24 hours after Koru attempted to take his own life. Uh, people have been asking how he's doing. He is out of the hospital. He's returned to work. Um, I don't know how much personal deals I can share. Um, he is looking into getting some support programs running. Um, those kinds of things. Um, it's it's just, you know, it's a day at a time for him. Uh, and he, he's going to get stuff figured out, you know. You can't figure out stuff when you're working, and you can't figure out stuff when you're when you're sleeping. So basically all you have is eating and pooping, and that's not a lot of time for most people. So uh, the little time he has, he is working on it. I enjoy RPing. It's usually sexual, but sometimes it's just like, you know, good morning cuddle stuff. It's awesome, and that is, that's the best, you're right, most affordable form of escapism for furries, and really what got me into it. Fursuits were not even interesting to me for like three years. Um, 
so there's that, and then there's LARPing, and then there's actually people who, you know, roleplay as their anime character within the anime community. Roleplay is everywhere. Do they roleplay with the BO? I think what you know, <laughs> anime community. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to say this, and I they love, are pretty strong. I love you, furries, and I, I like, like that you're being gesturing a furry. at the camera. By yeah, the <laughs> but furry cons are always smellier, in my opinion. Really, than uh, anime cons. Are you going to East Coast cons? No, you, he's he Denver went to thing? he went to anime bonsai, the one that we went to, the, oh, the one that was further like, confusion. You know, I went to. It, it's mostly been R- RMFC and FC. I haven't. So F and C when they're in a name. Yeah. All I can say is wash your damn bodies. That's all. Wash. Hell yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a crappy ad. <laughs> wash your bodies. <laughs> like it's like a body washing machine. <laughs> but no. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do it. It's also done in a professional world. Um, role playing is a very common form of training for jobs. But in essence, it's acting out a situation that isn't actually happening or as a character that you aren't actually, you know. And right. now it is time for... The game. The game. Oh, I'm so excited. All so right. it is your first fursuit. That's the title of your game. Oh. Instructions. You have a fursuit. And you came on this very show to share your experience. Let's relive your memories on the uh, power of trivia. One correct answer is one point, And one incorrect answer costs you a point. Huh? Yeah, he can lose points. So is- Don't go negative. I think I know what's going on here. All right, you ready? Yep. Okay. Question one. What is Shaquille O'Neal's birthday? Uh, Kwanzaa. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What season and episode number is your special? Um, season two, episode something. Well, guess a number. Oh, it's special. It's special. Yeah? That should... But, guess but, a number. Um, I don't know. Twenty-three. A Twenty-three. That's a lot of episodes. I don't care. <laughs> no, his questions are offset. Oh. Okay. So it's season two, um, season. I mean, s- sorry, special five. <laughs> I need to put X. Yeah. Special five. Hey, I got the season right. Yeah, it was season two. All right, you ready? Question three. How many movies has Shaq appeared in? Ooh, um, three? Is that your final answer? Yeah, sure. Uh, Hey, that's a different sound. The answer is 16. Holy shit. (laughs) I didn't say starred. Jeez, okay. I can't even look at IMDB. That's You thought this was, you, you know how we do this. No, I don't. Oh, well, now you know. Oh. What is your episode's theme song? Oh, shit. Which... Uh... No, that wasn't my answer. <laughs> 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 and what is Oh, Shit by? <laughs> oh, shit. Is it by the people who go, I want to 
Oh, you cannot say that yes, on can. YouTube. Yeah, you can. Yes. Have you ever seen iDubs? <sighs> Watch iDubs. You can say whatever. I think that's a good sign that you're a grateful person. But how do you, th- how do you um, get to that particular point? How oh, how man. does somebody gain that particular attribute? How is that um, taught to an individual? Do you think? Oh. I don't know. I think you kind of have to, after after someone tells you the definition of what being grateful is, you have to put it into action or you'll never really know what, you know, what it means to be grateful for something. Um, I think a real way to figure it out is if you just try to do things that, for others, I think. Doing things for other people, um, no matter how small or big they are. I think can teach you how valuable it is and you, you can see that you can see the joy in someone's eyes when you just like give them a hug or something like that you know you see that especially in the fandom as well as you know some people just need a hug or some people need you to listen to them and you know you may think it's a small thing but uh, you can see to them that it means something a lot more than that you know and uh, I think that can teach you what being grateful means you know just listening to someone or doing something for someone else no matter what it is well oprah gave me a brand new car just kidding oprah didn't give you shit. no what <laughs> oprah didn't give you shit <laughs> She gave you bees. <laughs> love bees. They're so great and make me puff up. Ew, don't tell me about your puffing up. <laughs> Speaking of puffing up, so that started with the roleplay episode, which was broadcast live. We actually did stream that live on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Occasionally we use it. Um, and that was interesting. That was a... Yeah, people got to see the show before and the show after. And I know those people who watched were like, oh, wow, it does change a lot between recording and production. Well, yeah, we got to cut it and put the music in and make the audio level sound reasonably similar and not blow Skylos's ears out while he's on his motorcycle because he can't just rip his helmet off. That'd be bad. So it was hard, but it was a fun challenge. People kept telling me, like, do something else besides looking at your phone. Well, guess what? Most of the time I'm looking at something preparing for the next thing to say. And you didn't have your computer. Yeah, I didn't have my com- but I have my computer now. You do? Yes. You do. And the other episode was the traditional annual gratitude episode and I I love Valdez. I ran into him the other day. You did. Where did you run uh, into him? Oh, some event. Wasn't it like Smiths or something? I can't remember. I know I saw him though. Um and he looked he looked real good, but I I love him. He's he's such he's one of those people who has just one of the purest little hearts ever and and it's really a big heart because, yeah, you just see him and he just, like, has that energy about him, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he recently um, came out to his family and it's really? been... Yeah, it's been kind of an interesting thing for him and How's, been is it kind of well? a struggle, but um, I think it's been going really well for him, so... Keep us posted. Yeah. Yes. You know, so this uh, also touched on a couple other things, which was, you know, Corey did have his suicide attempt during the season. We did that special release, and that's how it started. That was that was hard, but... That was a very scary moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's doing a lot, a lot better. He has continued with treatment. He's made a lot of breakthroughs. He's, you know, done, done a lot of that homework you need to do afterward, and... You know, he's he's gotten rid of a lot of the 
negative influencers that were leading to him doing that. He won't ever be completely free of it. We all have demons. But he's doing a lot better. Yeah. <sighs> I don't thing- know. I don't know what else to say. It's just it, that was moment was just a very, very dark moment. And like even just reflecting on it, I'm just all those feelings yep. came back. And it's just, you know, if you ever have any issues or concerns, I'm just going to say this real quick. Just get help. You know, find somebody to, to help you out. And there is somebody there that does care, even though at this moment you probably don't feel that way. There are people that care about you. It, it may seem like it's the only method of control you've got left. And while it is a method of control, it's a final decision. And, you know, people want to be with you. People want to be around you. So do what you need to do. And remember that there's no shame in taking care of your brain. There's just not. Other things, though. Um, Nightside ended. What? Yeah, remember we talked about that? Nightside went off the air. Oh, Oh, but they're still doing their um, podcast thing, right? They are, and I've listened to it, and it's those two. It's it's not the same. Really? The longer form led to a lot of discussion, a lot of long... You know, you just don't get some things when you have to compress it down to 20 minutes. They're doing a 20-minute podcast show? Yeah. Could every, you imagine if we did a 20-minute podcast show? You, yeah, it'd be like you talking one, one thought, and that'd be it. It'd be like penis, penis, and then Tugs will make some sort of joke, and then at the end, the game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna go in a bumper set penis penis <laughs> uh, we also um overhauled the website so now it's mobile friendly thank you patreon that was our first patreon purchase by the way i need to talk to you about that remind me after the episode uh, i'm not changing the theme again love you no it's not the theme it's actually there's just some um errors in the mobile um section that i just need to show you and we need to fix it Oh, okay. Well, in the meantime, don't use your phone to go to forwhatitsworth.com. Yes, Easy. Use, the, <laughs> use the website or you probably won't find the episodes. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, truthfully, are you browsing the website on Safari? No, I'm using Chrome. Okay, good. Then I will accept your feedback. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next ones. I believe this one is supposed to start off with, hope that I get this right, um, it's abusive relationships. And now, for what it's worth, favorite moments. Uh, okay, so I can, so I can speak a little bit about that, not as a person who's been in relationships, but sort of as a psychologist. Um, people do have a need for uh, sort of close relationships uh, and to be part of close relationships. And so they kind of fulfill that sort of innate need to, to be wanted by people or to feel um, sort of validated by having other people around. So that close connection to others. We're very social creatures. And so that's just part of that sort of broader social need. Sorry, I missed the last few words what you said there. Do I feel like that is? Um, an abusive relationship. Oh, I, again, I hesitate to use the word abusive abusive i think i think it's Toxic. less important is it abusive and more important is it harmful or is it a bad relationship and i would say that in that case yeah if the only person the only reason you're together with someone or if one of the big reasons you're together with someone is because they're threatening suicide that that is a bad spot to be in and that is not a relationship you should be in um and it's it's a horrible situation to be in because ultimately 
it, it's playing off of your empathy for this person. It's it's no one wants someone else to commit suicide, and no one wants to feel like if they do this to them, and if they ultimately do this, that it's somehow your fault. Um, in the end, I think it's necessary for people. I mean, in the end, a person's choice to commit suicide is theirs and theirs alone. In the first generation, I'm sure they probably have fixed it by now, but they had a really shaky shard start at the very shard. Beginning. They had a shaky shard. You know, it was a little, a little butt shaking over the bowl. <laughs> Ew. I'm going to open this box. Wait. There's background. So I said, I, 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 we say stuff on the show, and occasionally we remember what we say, but this isn't one of those times. Um, I said, I want this thing, and I expect someone in the, in the audience to do this and send us this thing. And they did it. So, Cody, what you're about to hear, this is all you, man. All you. I think it's brilliant. I think we're going to enjoy it a lot. Rue, what do you think is in that box? I hope it's not box condoms like you you got a long time. I'm standing up to see this. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, well, first of all, describe what's on this box. Well, it looks like penises. No, no. It says Secret oh, Santa. Oh, Secret Santa. There's like, a, there's like paintings of Santa on it and stuff. I'm so excited. Okay. Open it. Why am I excited? It's like Christmas. This is great. What if it like jumps out? Oh, yay. What is it? What's it? What is it? It says, "Eat a bag of dicks." <laughs> Someone sent us a bag of dicks. <laughs> so wait, but wait, Sorry, but wait. Nika. This is there's a coupon on here. Oh, what? I didn't see that. Use got dicks for twenty percent off at <sighs> dicksbymail.com. So someone sent us a bag of dicks in the mail. Now they're edible, thankfully. So yes, they are edible. <laughs> They're gummy candies, bag of dicks. I, I, I about crashed when I opened that. I want you to know. Why did you open it? Because I needed to make sure it wasn't a bomb. Oh, okay. Or, or cookies that were perishable. Uh, well, no, actually, I thought it might be perishable. That's really why I opened it. But So yeah. are we going to get a dick-eating review? Yeah, why don't you open that bag of dicks and put one in your mouth? Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm innocent. I want to point that out. This is pretty fantastic. All right, I am thrilled we got this bag of dicks. Like, seriously. These dicks smell good. <laughs> Pass me a dick, will you? Oh, oh, wait. He, he just put a big red one in his mouth. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, red rocket. There's something. Uh, I got to bring my mic down. Um, there's something attached to this. Um, eat a bag of dicks. Jelly dicks. So here's what goes into jelly dicks. Nuka, have you ever wondered what's in a jelly dick? I stay up at night sometimes thinking about that. Well, <laughs> well, here's the answer. Glucose syrup, sorbitol, sugar, water, gelatin, acid-treated starch, malic acid, citric acid, and carnauba wax. Also, your, your dick's going to fall off for you because it has red 40, yellow 5, yellow 6, and blue 1. Dummy. Yeah. So it, taste 1. Okay. Well, first of all, tell us what you think. I, I'm th- I think I will also have a red dick. Oh my god, this is the most adorable little gummy ever. I'm going to bite just the tip. I'm gonna... Just the tip? Mazel tov. See, you know. <laughs> okay. I only wish I could be there experiencing it with you in Do, person. Hey, we have a coupon. We can send you 20% off a bag of dicks. Oh my god. 
all you have to do is go to go to that website and type in God Dicks. <laughs> Why are we advertising for these people? I don't know because it's pretty awesome. Mmm, <laughs> mmm. This is a this is a cherry dick, and I, it's really good. Mm, mm, this tastes like a Christmas dick. Mmm. <laughs> all right. It's green apple. Mmm. Mm. Well, Cody, I just want to thank you. I you have officially given the cast dicks. That was that was a good present. Dicks for Christmas. Dicks for Christmas. Oh, and there's 76 calories for every four dicks you eat. Do these have juice inside? Birds <laughs> are treated like the furries are of the sci-fi fandom and the geek fandom. In our fandom, they are picked on. I know many baby furs. I am friends with many baby furs. It's not for me, but who gives a shit? If they like it, if it gives them enjoyment, back the fuck off. They are good people. Um, so that part I totally agree with and understand. Uh, what was the other point here? Oh yes, the drama. Oh my god, the drama. What the hell is wrong with the peoples? We are not in junior high school or elementary school anymore. Try to grow up. Try to act mature. Try to stop being an asshole. Be a fucking adult. <laughs> oh, man. Final thoughts, Ranji? Final thoughts. Let's see here. Um, Be good to each other. Treat each other well. Stop being sexist bastards. And, um... <laughs> oh, and punch a Nazi. <laughs> Okay, well then, let me push this button. (laughs) (laughs) I love Ranji. We should visit his neighborhood again sometime. Oh, yeah. Well, his neighborhood's going around the world still. (laughs) So, um, let me tell you, that pack of dicks, where is that coupon? I want to go get more because it is amazing. You know, they were I, amazing. I actually just threw that coupon away packing. Really? Well, actually, I think it's just a promo code. Yeah, got dicks. Yeah, got dicks. Why, so. are, why are we still advertising for these? Because guys? they were fucking amazing. I have to tell you, like, I don't eat gummy stuff very often. And part of it is because I think I have the secret fear of, like, it's going to pull a filling out of my tooth, which is not at all, you know, something that'll happen to me. My fillings are, and they're pretty good. I do not have a lot of fillings. Also, I have feelings, but those were good. Like, of all the gummy things I've had, they were really good dicks. I have to admit, throughout the whole entire episode, I ate half of them. He did. And like, <laughs> like Cody's like, yes, my plan to kill your diabetic. His skin's working. <laughs> Do you remember when you didn't have diabetes? I remember when I didn't have diabetes, yes. I, re- I remember. I remember. I, I remember, too. I remember reading this email. You remember when you were the shark driver? <laughs> You remember? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so our email is from someone anonymous. He says, hello for what it's worth cast. My name is Beep. I'm a 16-year-old who lives not far from you over in Beep. I'm going to be, that was a different pitch. I'm going to be a junior and also a madrigal, which for those who don't know is an elite high school singing group. I play piano, sing, draw, and love space. The person or the concept? I'll actually listen to your podcast while, while playing Kerbal Space Program. Forgive me though. I haven't followed you much aside from listening to the starter pack since I'm very new to the show. I found the fandom when I was 14 from watching Fox Alby Azul. I googled the fandom and read Wikipedia and stop moving your cursor so I can read. And it was about a week before I <laughs> resubbed to Alby. I loved the art style and started drawing more because of furries. 
I slowly got sucked into making a deviant art, watching for YouTube, and joining the furry teens farm and making lots of friends. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I, this is long, so I'm just, I'm, I'm skimming it. In March, I went with another friend who lives in New Mexico to Fanex and ran to some local furries there when we went to City Creek to eat lunch. I got a large group photo with them, and it's my favorite to this day. I regretted being shy, not saying anything to him, despite sitting literally next to them all while eating lunch. I later posted this picture on Reddit to find out who everyone in the photo was and got invited by Oaken to the Utah Furs Telegram chat. I, he just got Telegram. Um, in the introduction aside, now to what I want to talk about. I felt like writing this after Oaken suggested I listen to your episode on religion and the fandom. Thanks, Oaken. <laughs> I'll take that. This is why you tell your friend to listen to the show. I'd already heard the one about parents in the fandom, but my parents aren't against the fandom entirely, at least my artwork. They don't approve of me interacting with people online I've never met in real life. I've had some recent issues with my, with my parents about faith and sexuality. It started with me suggesting I was gay earlier this month, and my mom read my journal and detailed things about my sexuality, my feelings towards the church, and a guy... Um, ha in I mentioned a guy by habit in there once or twice. So basically, my parents say the only reason I'm gay and lacking faith is because I'm addicted to masturbating. So other friends were having the time of their life at Anthrocon that weekend was probably the worst in my life. In the end, I made some compromises with my parents. I agreed to keep going to church, even though I didn't feel like I fit in and was skeptical. I agreed I'd check my masturbation and wet dreams on a calendar. We'd go through a list of 50 questions and issues I had with the church, and my mom would help me with leaving the gospel for a month. Basically, she comes to my room and I say a prayer. I could go into more detail about that weekend, and I did in an earlier draft, but it got lengthy, so I'd let you decide if you want me to explain more. What I'm really struggling with is all the shame and pestering that's been happening with this, and I'm not feeling too good about myself. My parents claim I don't know my sexuality, and I'm just confused. That I'm being influenced by the media and such to be gay. They say I wouldn't be gay if I wasn't jacking off, although I did some research and found I was actually kind of on the lower end of the spectrum for how often I do it. Even now, I feel shame. I, when I came out originally, my parents first how many other people I knew. I told my close friends about it all, and it's actually kind of a part of everything that makes up me. They're also friends I trust greatly, and they've been accepting and helpful with what's needed. However, my parents said my friends could blackmail me and to tell no one that I'm gay except the bishop. My parents are really scared of my sexuality, to be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. This email is longer. Um, but since I have the right of first response, um, I'm going to give you the raw reaction. I did not pre-read this email. We try not to pre-read stuff, as you guys know, because we want to give an organic reaction, the real reaction. Um, I, I understand where your parents are coming from. They have a certain way of thinking. And as I say this, I'm keeping this in mind, and I hope you do too. What your parents are doing is incredibly unhealthy and disrespectful, and they are not only creating a very unhealthy relationship with you, they're basically showing you that they do not have any respect for you whatsoever. No parent should be reading their child's journal unless you're suicidal or there's a bona fide reason where there's a provable threat to life and property. No, they need to have respect for you because what will happen here is it's going to create long lasting issues. And as you see, they're already there. No parent needs to know when you're having a wet dream on a calendar. This isn't potty training. That's ridiculous. You're an adult with adult biological functions. It's none of their business. Does your mom put her period on a calendar? Because they, they shouldn't be. Um, also, it's very telling to me that your parents say, tell nobody. They're literally worried about themselves. They care more about what other people think about them, probably within their church unit, than about love. And that's bothersome to me. That, that being said, 
you're not being influenced by the media. The thing about it is, you you didn't wake up and go, um, I, I think I'm going to go suck a dick today, but I'm not, which is a Wanda Sykes quote. That's not how it is. That's so, how it happened to me. Just kidding. Well, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Well, good for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So while I understand they think that you're going to hell, the there's more in play here. And I've seen this because I've lived part of this. I didn't have to put anything on a calendar. That's for damn sure. But the, what will people think of us? Who gives a damn if people are about all this love and happiness and accept people and blah, 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 then they're not doing a very good job. So um, I think it's probably a good time to do some research uh, into setting healthy boundaries with your parents and enforcing those boundaries in a way that's positive because they are causing lasting damage to them and to you. My piece of advice is advice that I've already given before, and that's purely you're 16 years old. You're 16 years old, and um, unfortunately, you're not of the age yet where you are your own legal guardian, and they are your guardian right now. But that doesn't give them the right to make a calendar. No, I know. I know. I understand that. But um, communication is definitely key. Um, but, you know, just remember, I mean, he, he is underneath their house rules, right? Um, yes, and I'm not saying that he's not, but what I'm saying is that there needs to be a healthy transition to respecting his choices and free agency, oh, which is I a big thing. Oh, I 100% agree with and you. And they are not allowing him to do that. They are literally scared for their own image. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from because, I mean, my family, um, when I broke up with, um, with someone, um, basically... I asked if I could come home and they were afraid of having me back home because they were afraid that our, the church members would see me come in and out of the house. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be at church and they would start asking questions that, well, their image was more important. Wasn't it? Did they ever get over it? I think that they've started to, you know, I mean, over the years, I think that things are, have been improving. Um, this last um, last couple of days, I, I went and saw a community theater play. Um, I've always taken Shelby with me, my, um, well, Kura. Um, I've always taken him with me. And one of the times I took him there, I held his hand throughout the whole entire time. And then they made a comment about it in which they talked to me about it afterward and how embarrassed it made them because some of my aunts were there as well and their children were there. Oh. But, you know, I the same thing happened. This time I held his hand throughout the whole entire thing and my aunt was right behind me. I don't care anymore. If they know about things, then they know about things. Who cares? And they just need to accept me for who I am. And as far it, it's, and that's my advice to you. Well, let me, you let, know, I'm, I'm going to play Rucifer. Ready? Okay. <laughs> he's, he's 16, but there are also people who are 18, 19, 20. They're financially dependent on their parents and they're scared about what would happen. And so it's easy for someone like you and I, where we're financially independent to say, you know, yeah, I don't care what you think because we control our destinies, but there's not that sense of control when you're, when you're dependent on someone for food, clothing. No, I, I get it. I was like, so how, how do you, how do you resolve that? It's all part of growing up. Unfortunately, that's the only easy answer that I can give you. It's, um, you know, if you want to be able to live your life, you have to take it by the, 
the balls. horns and or the balls and just go for it. You need to go get yourself a job. You need to be able to find um, financially support yourself. You need to be able to get leave mama's nest. You know, if you're 32 living in mom's house, God bless you. You probably have some really good reasons of, of being there. Um, but if, if you hadn't had an opportunity to get out of the house, um, you know, I would highly recommend give getting, having that opportunity, learning and growing a little bit and getting out. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I know everybody's life is different. I'm not going to judge you because you're at your mom's house and you're 32 years old. Did I ever tell you the story about my uncle uh, shared with me about when my parent, he got my parents to come around. What's that? So I'm, uh, this is how he told it to me. I know there's two sides to every story, but uh, I find it very telling. Um, there was, I reached a point after about 10 years with my parents where they were, again, no calendar, but they were like, oh, what are people going to think? And, oh, you know, you can't bring your husband home. And, and they banned him from coming over. And after a while, I got fed up with it. And I said, you know what? I'm about to turn 30 at the time. And I'm going to move into the next phase of my life as an adult who is now married. And either you're going to be a part of it or you're not. And they didn't believe me. So I didn't talk to him for about a month. Wouldn't. Wow. Yeah. And my uncle intervened because my uncle was, he, he had his moment of, I'm just going to love people. It's not my business to tell people what to do in the bedroom. And then he, he had lunch with my dad. My dad, who's very stoic, broke down, said, I don't know what I'm doing. And my uncle just looked at him and said, you know, I'm really sorry that it's more important that what other people think about you and your son is more important than you loving your son. And man, what a powerful statement because that turned everything around. 